What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 173, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Gemini. Gemini. Or Gemini. I'm not, you know, I've always pronounced it Gemini, but, you know, uh, I, there's I think, plenty of people who pronounce it Gemini. Uh, I've only ever pronounced it Gemini. Um, really? Or Gemini. Sorry. Gosh, oh, Gemini. You, you messed me up. Gemini. <laughs> Every time I watch like uh, shows about like the early U.S. space program or whatever, everyone's walking around calling it Project Gemini or whatever, and I'm just like, what? What are you talking about? Gemini. Anyway, hey friends, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Stargate, and we're an independent podcast that's about Stargate, 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 Stargate. Which is going to be tricky because Zach and I were just talking about Star Trek like a lot just a second ago, but we're not going to talk about that here. No, no this well, is it, it, it could happen, but yeah. but we're going to focus on the Stargate, Stargate. Uh, Stargate stuff. So anyway, friends, we're an independent podcast. If you would like to support what we are doing, we've got a little, um, got a little tip jar in a manner of speaking. Uh, you can go to our website at WTTS.space. Space. And you can, uh, click on the little coffee cup in the bottom right corner. It's takes, it's buymeacoffee.com is where it's at slash walking through if you're interested, but you could go to the website and just find it. It's a heck of a lot easier. There you can buy us a coffee or two or five or whatever it is. Uh, you can also sign up for what they call memberships. That's where you can uh, contribute to the show on a monthly basis, if you wish. Uh, hey, thanks, Rowan, for joining that uh, cohort. We appreciate that quite a lot. And friends, we also have uh, the wish list where we have a few things on there, a couple of um, equipment upgrades uh, if we get to it, which is totally cool if you want to support that. It's like a more tangible thing that you could uh, you could be supporting of if you wish. And we also have a... Uh, a, a poorly named wish list item where if we uh i can't remember what the amount is i think it's it's at 150 bucks it doesn't i it's some, am trying to pull that up right now it's it's around 150 of it that you know uh, we are going to watch two more episodes of uh stargate infinity the non-canonical animated series that is boy is it bad it is it is really bad we do manage to find glimmers of good things inside these bad episodes indeed we do um we recently dropped uh the last episode that we have recorded of infinity where uh we were shocked that uh that a cartoon could take a, a topic uh i can't remember what the topic was exactly but i do remember that we were like wow it's actually it was it was nuanced it, they actually did a pretty okay job talking about this thing which surprised the pants off of us yeah uh, so anyway, the, if you want us to be doing more of that stuff, you can, you can support that stuff there too, which, yeah. uh, currently that, that, uh, that, uh, wish list item is at zero. Yeah, that's okay. So, that's so fine you know, by me. <laughs> Brent is fine with, you know, I, I have a, a certain, uh, sick, twisted, uh, <laughs> glee of, of making Brent watch this thing, but I, I need your help folks. I think I think that you, that sick twisted glee is probably shared among many. Um, however, uh, if that never funds, I'll be totally fine with it. There you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you want to uh, uh, spread around the sick twisted glee, uh, you can uh, encourage your friends to go listen to our show as well <laughs> if they wish. Uh, they can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and iHeartRadio Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and on the website. Uh, there's a little player uh, on the bottom of the page and also podcast aggregators search for walking through the Stargate and you can find us. 
Yes. Uh, so, Zach. Yes, Brent. Normally, I pitch it to you, but I'm going to pitch it in a slightly different way. Yes. Um, uh, if somebody wants to hear you talk about uh, news that involves new Stargate double question mark, which I see in our show notes. Yes. <laughs> how, how, might they, uh, how might they reach out and ask for more information about the... the no, you're not going to give them more information. How about they reach out and give us more information well, about the new Stargate? <laughs> you have actual news about a new Stargate. Please let us know. Um, now, that said, there was a news article that dropped on the Companion app um, and actually came from Deadline. Uh, so Amazon, I mean, we know that Amazon bought the, the MGM however many months ago that was. Yeah, right? sure. Um, a long time ago now, so, a couple of years, a few years. Yes, it wasn't long ago. Yeah. Uh, so the a new Stargate movie is um, in the works. Okay. Right? Um, Deadline is reporting that a new Stargate series and possibly a movie, probably starting with a movie, uh, is currently in the works. This, of course, makes sense because when you're Amazon and you buy MGM for $8.5 billion, you yeah. want to try to convert that into uh, revenue for yourself. Cash money. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, now, one of the things that is uh, of note is that at this point in time, there's no evidence that in, in the works here includes any of the previous showrunners. So Brad Wright mm -hmm. and, and uh, Cooper and, and Malazzi and, and the others uh, don't appear at this point in time to be part of uh, this project that's in the works. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that there'll be a hard reboot and they'll start over from scratch. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean that they won't. Um, mm -hmm. They could take a new team and run with it, moving into the future with where we're at. Um, speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek Picard kind of did that. It's not yep. the creative team of anything from before, um, but they took... Uh, Next Generation and Picard, and they push that into the future, and they ran with it. It's possible this new team does something similar with this. We have mm -hmm. no idea. Um, this, of course, doesn't even prove that there will, in fact, be more Stargate, but that uh, they are officially uh, working to make it so. Yep. Make so, it so. Make it so. Uh, so... If you have more information than that yeah. about Stargate, please let us know by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can, of course, talk to us on the Facebooks and uh, uh, the Facebooks. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The Facebooks yeah. and the Facebooks. You know, or you can go join us on the Discord. Uh, yes. To find the link. If you don't have it, you can go to WTTS.space. Space. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little link to the Discord page. And you can click on that, and then you can join the Discord community where much of most of our Stargate walking through the Stargate uh, social content and uh, community happens. Yeah, uh, and and we can talk about it there. Uh, that would be fun if there's more information uh, for it. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there you go, so. uh, Brent. Indeed, yes. Shall we dig into Gemini? Yes. Let's All get right. into this. Shall we dig into Gemini? Yes, let's get into it. Okay, that was my, my twins reference. Yes, yes. So yeah, all right, I got it. Yeah, and yeah. I put two I put two markers in my audio file here, just so, you know, so I I don't. No one's gonna care about that part, but there it is. There okay. it is. <laughs> all right. So the director for Gemini is uh, William Waring. Uh, this is his uh, first of two directing credits, is what I wrote, and I think that's old. 
Or maybe it's the second of two. Uh, okay, we can... I gotta look this up now. <laughs> All right, well, while Zach's looking that up, let's see here. What can we talk about? Let's see. We can talk about uh, the weather, I guess. Um, okay, so this is his second oh. of two. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I mistyped. Uh, he did direct lockdown um, uh-huh. earlier yes. in the season, uh, and this is his second directing credit this season. Uh, the yep. teleplay is by Peter DeLuise. Uh-huh, okay. And this is his second of two uh, writing credits this season. Mm-hmm. He wrote the episode Affinity earlier in the season. Yep. Okay. Uh, we have a few guest actors of note. We have G. Patrick Curry returning as fifth. Yep. We have, of course, Gary Jones as walking through the Stargate's own Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Yep, that's right. Uh, we do see uh, Dan Shea as Sergeant Siler and uh-huh. a couple of other guys who have some speaking roles, but uh, I couldn't tell who was who, and they weren't all pictures on IMDb, so I'm not going to worry about <laughs> I imagine one of them is the guy that was walking around looking sternly. So he was probably, I'm going to take a guess here, Tech Sergeant, Jason, the actor Jason Emanuel. I think that that might have been the guy that kept getting handed the disruptor weapon from Teal. Teal just kept saying, Sergeant, and handed the, and this guy just stood there and looked stern the whole time. Yeah. And then uh, SF, Chris Robb. Robeson. I don't know. I don't know who SF is. Whatever. Know. That part doesn't matter. So there there was one guy who was kind of the, oh. the radar equivalent. Yeah. In, that in might the, have been Jason you know, Emanuel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But but there wasn't a picture of Jason Emanuel on IMDb, and I wasn't going to sift through everything and, and figure nah. things out. So, because um, there you go. There you go. Uh, the original air date for this episode in the U.S. was January 21, 2005. Um, uh-huh. In the UK, it was earlier. It was in December, uh, on December 14th of 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, as mm-hmm. for the US date, this was the same weekend as the I, which we covered last time in our yep. podcast. Yep. Uh, so if you want to know the songs and all of that stuff, go listen to that. Go there. Um, I don't have a lot of trivia for this episode. Um, a, a quick comment that uh, we do see that uh, the Prometheus now does, in fact, have some uh, Asgard yes. hyperdrive yes. uh, in it, uh, which is pretty exciting. That was something that has been teased over several episodes this season um, as being possible, even one in a uh, dreamlike sequence somewhere. Um, Might have been in, in Atlantis's home. I can't remember for sure. But the uh, so this is actually happening. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The term Gemini is Latin for twins. Yeah. Um, however, it is actually specifically uh, the masculine version of it. So it would be things like Castor and Pollux, the the twin brothers in the, the got myth it and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, the female, uh, the the feminine version of this would be Gemini. Uh, is it ro- ro- is it Latin or Greek? Well, isn't it Greek? No, nah, I don't know. Whatever. I don't think there's people I, who know and they're shouting at their radio right now. Yeah. So, so one way or the other, I'm pretty certain it's not Greek. Um, but now I'll look it up. Oh, dang it. <laughs> so, uh, the weather, it's been strangely warm here. Uh, like really warm. And, uh, but that's going to change here in a couple of days. The, the temperature is going to drop by like 40 degrees or something. Ah, so according to Wikipedia, and, and yeah. this would be a mistake on, because, like, I don't bet these things. I just copy and paste. 
just copy and paste. That's but right. But Gemini is, in fact, Greek. As you said, the Latin would be uh, didymoi uh, Aha. for twins. Okay, uh, there we go. Uh, so we've we've uh, we've we've cracked the code. Where is this trivia? Is this on? Um, um like I pull Stargate it from. Wiki or IMDb? So some of it's from IMDb. Some of it is from the Stargate fandom. Yeah. So uh, okay, okay, so, friends, we got we got a mission. Got to go find this and then uh, you know edit it. Yeah. That's what we got to do. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then now this episode in other languages, uh, the French call it vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and everybody else calls it, uh, the Italian calls Gemel uh, for twin, uh, mm. and then many of the others are just, uh, uh, Gemini, uh, you know, the, the equivalent of Gemini in their Got appropriate it. language. There you go. Nothing terribly exciting about that. Not really. No. Are you ready, Brent, for the synopsis? Yes. Look at that. Let's Even with all of my lookings up of other things, we're still getting to the synopsis at 13 minutes. I know. It's like, like we're pros or something. I know. We're not. Wow. We're, we're not, not pros. We're not pros. <laughs> well, we are professionals, just not at this. Not at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Previously on Stargate SG-1. It's a replicator that looks like a human. Oh, no. What? Yeah. Don't worry. We'll solve the problem by betraying one of them and trapping them all in a time dilation bubble. Whew, that was close. The day is saved. That won't come to bite us in the butt again later. No, of course not. And then fifth, the betrayed <laughs> escapes to wreak havoc. Yes, it does. It does. It does. It bites us in the rear end. Oh, by the way, he has a very unhealthy crush on Samantha. So that's a thing. He kidnaps her. Yep. Uh, and then SG-1 finds an ancient method of wiping out the replicators, which is good. And they stop the incursion and rescue Carter, which is also good, but not before Fifth makes another human form replicator in the shape of Samantha herself. That's not so good. No. And now. And now. Carter and Jackson walk through the SGC discussing the Prometheus's new Asgard hyperdrive, its mission to find out what happened to the Atlantis expedition, and whether any of them, that is to say SG-1, will be able to go with. O'Neill says, over my dead body, with a nope, 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 nada, nope, not gonna happen, no. <laughs> Sit down, nope. Nope. But maybe, maybe maybe, Jackson by himself can go. So Jackson gets in the elevator to presumably go to talk to the general about all of this, about going to Atlantis. At this yeah. point in time, we will not see Jackson again for the rest of the episode. Nope. Bye. Bye. Uh, meanwhile... The klaxons go off as the base receives an unscheduled off-world activation. Carter goes to investigate. They receive an old IDC previously assigned to Carter herself. What could this be? Then they receive a text message that says simply, send MALP. So what do you yep. do? You're curious. You're, you're uncertain. You, you want to find out. So you send the MALP. They do this, and they discover that Replicarter is real. And yeah. she sent the message. Oh, no. She has a strange request. She wants them to use their replicator weapon on her to kill her. She mm -hmm. claims that Fifth, Fifth is unstable and that she has finally escaped from him and can't live like this anymore. So Carter convinces O'Neill to let them meet up with Replicator at the Alpha site. Tilk is deeply untrusting of this whole thing, but Carter herself is oddly drawn to her doppelganger. At the Alpha site, they cautiously interrogate the replicator. She reveals that Fifth has found the cipher to make himself and all the other replicators immune to the ancient weapon, a cipher that he did not share with her. Uh-huh. That's rude. 
That that is rude. Eventually, Carter allows Replicarter to stab her hand into her forehead so that she can learn how Replicarter was tortured by Fifth and brainwashed to do things like enter the SGC and brutally kill all of her friends. It's unpleasant to say the least, but it only fuels Carter's sympathy for her counterpart. Soon, she decides to work with her duplicate to try to discover what Fifth has learned about their weapon and how to fix the problem. Replicarder reconnects herself with her brethren to find the cipher. She also communicates with Fifth. To no one's surprise, she's working some plan against the humans! What? Eventually, she finds the cipher. <laughs> but Fifth has discovered her and is on his way! Oh no! Now it's a race! The Alpha Site team prepares for the replicators to arrive. They get a satellite from the Asgard with a bigger version of their replicator weapon. All they need to do is upload the revised cipher once they figure it out and then shoot the gun at the replicators and they'll be destroyed and the day will be saved. Yay! While Teal'c is placing the satellite in an F-302, Carter and Replicator are working on the weapon. As Fit and his ship gets closer and closer, they find the answer and they prepare to upload it to the satellite. But it's like 75,000 terabytes or whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's That's a lot. lot. And so they had. So, as they're waiting, and Fifth is getting closer and closer, they're, oh no, what are they going to do? He's here! Ah! They're going to lose! All of a sudden, Replicarder hits a button on the computer and fires the weapon anyway. And oh my goodness, look at that. Fifth has been betrayed by the betrayer. The betrayer has been betrayed. Oh no! He never had a cipher. The replicators never. Oh my goodness, they've been tricked by Replicarder. Oh no! Yes! Fifth is destroyed. His ship is destroyed. Replicarder is evil. Realizing what happened, Tilk and Carter try to stop her twin, but she used her time studying the weapon to make herself immune to it. Now there is a cipher, and she has it. She fights through the facility to the Stargate. The SGC person, the SG personnel try to stop her, but to no avail. She just ignores the bullets that fly through her. The gate activates. Tilk tries one more time to stop her from escaping, but Replicator detaches the arm that Tilk has grabbed and disappears through the wormhole. No, the detached no. arm disintegrates into tiny human form replicator blocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like d- grains of sand. <sighs> Later in the lab, Jack and Teal try to assure Carter that what happened wasn't her fault, but it was. Carter grimly remarks that it is in fact her fault, that, that she taught Fifth how to betray people, and Fifth taught Carter how to betray people, and so it's all her fault. It, yeah. It, it, it's her, yeah. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Gemini. Yeah. What'd you think? Wow. And oh, I, I, mm, how, how best? Okay. Uh, so short version is that I liked it. Okay. Uh, I have positive jams on this one. Uh, boy, oh boy, did we get a lot of information out of this one, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, some of it was kind of set up a little, a little bit clunkily. It feel, you know, like that, like the scene in the start, it really did feel like a, I can add on, um, you know, hey, we got a ship that can actually make it to uh, 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 Atlantis, but we're not, you know, but are we going to be able to go? No, we're not going to be able to. Maybe I could do some convincing. 
Yep, Daniel, you are the expert in the ancients. Goodbye. Anyway, we're moving on. And it's okay. That's okay. But it, it did feel a little a little weird. <laughs> but there we go. That that happened. Put a pin in that. Uh, we can talk about that later. Okay. Um I uh there were so many parts about this episode that I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed how um I'll 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 talk about it a little bit backwards um i liked how much effort they put into uh rotoscoping some of those scenes with carter and replica carter uh especially the couple of shots where replica carter passes behind carter Mm -hmm. uh they did they took a lot of care in that one there was a pan that they almost got just perfectly i mean like they didn't it wasn't perfect perfect but boy was it close um and that they 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 they, it took that was good they did a really careful job with that and it looked good um, and then they were doing some typical uh, camera movement with both uh, both uh, characters that Amanda Tapping was playing in shot where the camera was completely static and you have this like this this line basically between the two that you don't right. really see. Yep. But they find a way to make that happen. And they did that one pretty darn well. And then I thought it was extremely clever of them to uh, have Replica Carter and Carter engage with each other at the beginning in the interrogation room without being in the same room, mm-hmm. just from a production standpoint. You can have Amanda Tapping in Replica Carter garb playing that character, film it. Then you can have Amanda Tapping playing Samantha Carter in Samantha Carter garb, looking at the 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 um, portrayal of Replica Carter and mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. you know and film that, and then cut it together. It works great. So I it was just really a clever. quick note about that. Yeah. I was listening to the commentary and and they were talking about that and that that was actually written into the script. That wasn't something that William Waring says, okay, how do we get these people talking so that we don't have to have them in the same room? That was something oh, nice. that, that uh, Peter DeLuise put into the script. So, I wonder if he go. did that on per- whatever. I mean, it works. It, I mean, I, it was you know, smart. As, as a director himself, yeah. he probably understands that... Uh, but it also makes sense, right? Yes. It would also make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's logical to do that. Um, it, and it, it, was it good. facilitates that. Yep. 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 I liked it quite a lot. Um, I really liked Amanda Tapping's portrayal of Replica Carter. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very enjoyable watching her portray a um, ruthless, uh, deceiving uh, calculating uh, enemy, bad guy. Yeah, I thought she did a great job with that, and boy, was it fun to watch. Um, especially when, uh, <laughs> especially because the seeds were planted all along, like the the seeds of deception were kind of planted it, it, to the point that I was thinking that these were failures in the story. Hmm. Like, why would she be so? Like, why are we trusting her so much? Why are we trusting Replicator so much? And the Doubt of that trust was definitely sprinkled in through there too, with um, O'Neill's doubts and Teal's doubts. But it was um, those doubts in a TV show had me worried that they were just going to gloss over it or something. You know what I mean? Like somehow it was just going to get painted over as like, and there's nothing to worry about. Like right, so, you know what I mean? Right, or know. some goofy resolution rather than actually taking root and then sprouting into no, no. Those seeds are actually well placed and, and and warranted within this story. Yeah. Um. The uh premise I thought was pretty clever. Um. Just overall, the notion that Fifth wanted a plant to keep with the seed metaphor, uh, wanted a plant <laughs> close enough that could uh 
get an edge. Oh, but you know what? Now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm actually a little bit critical of the particulars of the story. I'm willing to look over it because it's TV and that's the point. But like, just because the SGC decides to take in um, Replicator. Oh, I have two thoughts. Just because they wanted to take in Replicator doesn't mean that uh, they would necessarily like create a chain of events that then would lead Replicator to be able to have access to the disruptor in a way that yeah, maybe it does work. So, I guess the so premise is the, that the story she here knows. is yeah. is Carter versus herself. Right. Who knows herself better, and how can you herself, manipulate yeah. her your own self? Right. Um. Right. And I mean, yes, it's true that Carter Replicator was taking a risk going into that, knowing that 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 weapon actually was dangerous to her and how everything. But she was also playing the chess game with herself to that, you know, she was trusting herself, the, her ability to manipulate Carter yeah. uh, to make it happen so that they could do that. Um, so the second thought that's totally related, and I thought about it midway through the episode, but I guess maybe in this universe, it doesn't work quite that way. Their version of the Great Link seems to not be able to download consciousnesses into new replicator bodies, I guess, I suppose. Um, I believe we're led to believe that fifth is gone and that if Replicator had been destroyed without getting, uh, without being successful, that fifth couldn't just make a new one and try again. Like, well, I mean, I suppose if, I don't know, I think it's like neutronium or whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever the, the appropriate ineums is yeah. that they need, <laughs> uh, to make a human form replicator, um, if Fifth had enough of that material and Replicator had been killed, then yeah. it is conceivable that he could make a new one. I think in this world, it's likely that he would be making a new one from scratch, not recreating right. the old one. Right. Um, now, right. he has the appropriate memories and blah, blah, blah of Carter that he could dump back into it and do all that stuff. Da, 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 da. But it's da, not da, da, like the, yeah. the, the great link in that regard. Right. But, I mean, I'm okay, because, like, boy, did the, uh, this, this feels fun, man. This is a fun villain. Um, we've got Replicator out on the loose. Uh-huh. And she currently has the ability to evade our best technologies. Uh, I suppose she is starting from zero, sort of. Right, like she escapes somewhere, and we'll probably know exactly where she escapes because of our dialing computers, etc. But she's 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 out there, and she probably didn't like have a ship or stuff or whatever. She's just out there, and Fifth is no longer there. Um, one thing though that I kind of lost the plot on, and I forgot how the details of it work out. Okay. The replicators were the great scourge of the asgard in the galaxy that the asgard are a part of and i can't remember which galaxy they're a part of but they're 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 right. they're elsewhere and that version of the replicator with little bug things then we we had a planet that that got put into a time dilation um by the asgard i think right and something about that was going wrong so our heroes decided to go help but i can't remember why our heroes were helping so and this me, was also far far away so let me let me walk you through this yeah. So you you know, yes, um in the galaxy of Ida, I think. Okay. Um I could be wrong on that. But anyway, the galaxy of the ancients or the the, the Asgard, right? That's where they are. Yeah. The the replicators are a scourge. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Well, the the Asgard 
uh, are getting overrun, and so they take their home planet of Hala. And Hala! Hala! Sorry, I can never do that. I always have to do that. I'm sorry. Carry on. So, and and then they they use Reese, right? Remember Reese, the the little robot girl who uh, yeah, creates yeah, replicators, yeah, yeah. right? They take yeah. her and um, they uh, flip a switch that says, "Hey, replicators, come home." And so yeah. all of the replicators come to Hala from the yeah. entire galaxy. They all overwhelm Hala, um, which was the plan of the the Asgard. And then yeah. they uh, then they uh, trap them all in a time dilation field. Right. Um, unfortunately, something went wrong, uh, and so they ask the the humans in the Prometheus shortly after the Prometheus was built to go check it out. And yeah. the 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 humans then SG one goes to uh Hala and they discover the that within the uh time dilation field they the replicators were able to speed up time instead of slow right. time down. Right. Uh and so in that speed sped up time they were able to uh create the human form replicators and they made five of them. Um right. maybe six. Um a number. I, can't, I can't remember it doesn't matter. Um and then of course we had that adventure which led yep. to the first betrayal of fifth uh, yep. who was ostensibly the most human of the bunch. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then oh, they locked him in yeah. the time dilation field. And I remember, you know, way back then being all like, you know, how the, I remember being pretty, pretty like upset about that betrayal and how, how m- impactful that will be. I, I, I didn't know it was going to be impactful like this, but yeah. like, like, it's like, no, that, that was a big screw up. And, um, and we're reaping the ramifications. Of sure it. are. And then, we sure and are. then later, the the uh, Asgard collapsed the sun and the uh, system of Hala and yep. turned into a black hole. And yep. they're sucking in all of that into the black hole. However, something escapes from that, uh, and it turns out to be fifth with a few replicators. And yeah. that's when you get. Uh, I think this is at the beginning of this season with New Order and all of that stuff. Um, where uh, Fifth is out there, he captures Carter. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were able to use the ancient technology, uh, ancient database that was downloaded into uh, O'Neill's head to build the weapon, and that it's right. able to uh put a a stymie on the replicators because they were off trying to replicate and kill everything again. Uh, they get a little bit scared of this new weapon, and they run. Um, and so the original plan to wipe out the replicators failed uh, with the whole time dilation and black hole thing. Um, yep. So now they're out there. And then this is the episode when we discover, uh, well, we as an audience discovered that that Fifth created Replicator at the end of New right. Order. Uh, right. But this is the first episode that we that our heroes discover this, and they deal with yep. that. And now, and now she has betrayed... Uh, the betrayer, or the betrayed, the betrayer betrays the betrayed who betrayed. I don't know. I we it. got we got betrayers and betrayees, and they're switching spots. Yeah, it's, it's there's a lot of it. Yep. So now Hala was in Ida. I think so. Okay. So right, and then uh, Replicator, the adventure with Replicator at the beginning of this that was here in this galaxy, or was that elsewhere too? Uh, in this episode? No, in the one where Replicator was first made. Uh, that was in. That was in a different galaxy, okay. um, because uh, and I can't remember all the details because uh, I'm fuzzy. Um, but they bring. But it wasn't here. Yeah, they, they they the Asgard bring 
um, bring uh, SG-1 to assist with something. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they contact the Asgard to help with O'Neill, and then they come and they get O'Neill to help with them. Yeah. Um, and so the now point is, is that it, it wasn't in, in the Milky Way. It's not in the Milky Way. Yeah. Um, and so they were able to save the day, but yes. the replicators are still out there. Yes. Um, and now they're getting now they now they are here. Replicator is in the Milky Way. And now Replicator has made her way into the Milky Way. Yes. And that. Thank you for walking me through that, because while I was pretty sure that that was exactly what was being said, there was enough detail in there that I was like, but wait, wait, we've been engaging with them for so many times now. Has this always been outside the Milky Way? The short answer is yes. So there have been thank- a few times when so like um, mo- most of our interactions with the replicators have happened uh, extragalactically. Yes. Um, however, like when um, when Teal'c is is. Uh, captured by Apophis and, and brainwashed, right? right. Uh, leading into that, there was some issues with the replicators. Uh, I guess that was in, in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, however, uh, they do end up back in the Milky Way galaxy, but they're able to destroy the ship, and it crash lands into Apophis, Sokar's planet, which was Apophis's planet. And yep. presumably, that annihilates all of the replicators that were on that ship and uh, right. Apophis himself. Uh, yes. And then there was a few other times when there were replicators on an Asgard ship uh, that this is one of the first times we meet the the Asgard uh, or meet the replicators uh, and, and that ship is around Earth orbit and then they were able to blow it up and it crashes into the sea and then we get yep. the replicators um, on the Russian sub. Oh, yeah. We've had them here a few times, but we've been able to take care of them with bullets. Most right. of the time. Right. And and it's been a sufficiently small incursion yeah. that it hasn't been um that they've been able to eliminate the small group. They've been able to contain them enough and long enough that they've been able to eliminate them while they're here. So uh the replicators have not um really uh uh taken, taken a, a foothold taken a foothold yeah. in here. Until uh, now. Until now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so um, boy, yeah, I really did like this one. And uh, I I think I'm seeing the beginnings of why people were so dang excited about the replicators. And I'm like, what's the what's so big about these Legos? Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting it. Ooh, human form replicate. I'm like, yeah, OK, human form Legos. Why, why are we still so excited? And everyone's like, Replicator. And I'm like, wow, that was a fat. That was fast to come up with a name. That's a clever name. Wow. Y'all are really Johnny's on the spot. Oh, uh, okay. Now you're getting I think. it. Now you're getting it. Yeah. All right. So I'm feeling pretty good about this one. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What do you think about this upon rewatch? Uh, yeah, I, I like this episode. This is a good episode. Um, uh, the it, It's not a fast-moving episode, but it's right. still very engaging. Yeah. Um, you can you can see the, the chess match being played between... Carter and Repla Carter, and yeah. you can see. Uh, I mean, it, it it's lamentable because you can see Repla Carter uh, playing Carter like a fiddle. I mean, she's just like Bing, Bing, Bing every moment. Yeah. I mean, C- Repla Carter is in control this entire time, and she yep. is, you know, uh, you know. Uh, so just to be clear, if if Tilka just shot her right when she came through the gate, everything would have been fine. Yep, we would have been <laughs> perfectly fine. <laughs> Should have trusted Teal. Ah, um, you know th- this. This is a situation where 
if you had just shot the bad guy when you had the chance, you yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's that that uh, that uh, I mean, and we've seen this in Carter where she is supremely confident, and yet there's also that part of her psyche that is not so confident about herself. Yeah. You know, uh, and 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 we've seen this. It comes out every once in a while, and this is an episode that that Replicator uh, takes advantage of. Yeah. In a very cruel way. Um, and which is why at the very end, uh, Carter's like, dude, this is my fault. And, and I know it. And all the, yeah. the, the two guys are like, no, it's not really your fault. And she's like, yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. You know, it just, there's that, that moment. This is, this is an episode where our heroes lose. Oh, yeah. They just plain and simply lose. Yeah, we don't have uh, a. You don't, don't have, have a, any silver lining here. No. I mean, you got rid of fifth, but I mean. Okay. Okay, fine. <laughs> Who cares? Fifth wasn't the issue in the first place. Fifth, and also, I mean, it's yeah, fifth, fifth lost, but then got replaced by a by a more sinister version, basically. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, fifth's vision for what could be was stymied by his childlike demeanor, um, with too much power. Yeah. Um, but now you have Carter, who has Replica Carter, who has uh, that that lust for power, that lust for uh, consuming and and taking over, and a strategic mind that that can make that happen. And now she's uh, and, and and she knows our heroes. She knows her opponents uh, far better than Fifth ever did. Yeah, um, and the, you know, the, there, there's, there's a coldness in it that it just, oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, so I, I don't really have a whole lot more to say specifically about this episode. Um, you know, I, I did think there was one shot in particular where you have Carter and Repli Carter walking alongside, I think, Teal'c. Uh, from point A to point B, and the camera shifts with them. And I thought yep. that that little bit of uh, effects was really, really well done. Yeah, um, you know it. That that's that's a really hard shot to do. Uh, yeah, you know the you stand on this side, and then you stand on that side, and we'll just put a line in the middle. We'll lock yep. the, the camera in place so it won't move. The, that's relatively easy. Um, you know, it's when you have to start moving the camera that things get expensive. Oh and, yeah, and so the they uh, took took care of that well. Um, it's also helpful that they have a a um, stand-in for for Amanda Tapping, who yeah. is very very similar. Got this very similar jawline and and haircut and and all yeah. of that stuff. And so it was really really convenient for them to be able to do uh, you know over over shoulder shots and all of that stuff to yeah. to mix and match that in a way. Um, so I thought that was really really well done, and it's a it's a powerful story. Um, it shows, uh, it, it creates a new villain in Replicator. It mm -hmm. shows the vulnerability of our heroes, um, but doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, turn them into wimps. Uh, I'm trying to think no. of the, the white, you know, I mean, but, but it shows their vulnerability, but doesn't, you know, they're not weaklings at all. Um, but it's also been exploited. Uh, it, it, I, I think it's really good all around. When so what ends up happening? At least I see I I see this in storytelling a lot, and you end up with uh, 
you end up with the Superman problem. I, I can't remember if we've talked about it here on on this podcast. I know we've, Zachy, I think you and I have talked about it just yeah. in general. How do you continue to make a compelling story when your hero just keeps besting the baddest thing you could think of over and over and over again? Like after a while, it's almost impossible to come up with a story that has any kind of tension at all because you have all of these examples where your hero took care of this one and took care of that one and took care of that one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, not all, I'm realizing that I'm talking very specifically about kind of two aspects of story that are unique to our place and time. I'm talking about uh, hero stories in Western culture, the hero arc in Western cultures. And the hero arc is a prototype that it's old, but it's not universally shared. Um, I'm immediately thinking of, uh, I studied history in case you didn't know. Um, I think I've said that before. Uh, storytelling in like Anglo-Saxon England or, you know, Anglo-Saxon Great Britain was uh, there's a dramatic kind of style of storytelling where the hero is all just always it's it's meant to be told around like a fire where you're, you're drinking and you're eating and it's not really about character development. It's about telling a story that makes everybody cheer. And so Huzzah. your story. Yeah, your story has fight after fight where your hero just kicks the butt out of it. And then you're just supposed to be yeah, like, you know, that's what that's what that story is supposed to do. Right. And so in that regard, you don't have to worry about the Superman problem because your character, the the joy of the story is hearing about yet another time that Superman kicks somebody's butt. And is it ever in doubt that Superman's going to lose? No, no, it's never in doubt. But it's not about placing doubt about whether or not he's going to win or lose. It's about hearing the story about how he kicked his butt. And our stories more commonly now we like to have that tension we like to have a moment of worry that the hero isn't actually going to make it so as time goes on you start running into this problem of how can you create a badder bad guy that's going to threaten our heroes in a way that makes this believable and you do that by exploiting the weaknesses of the character Uh and Sometimes you have to introduce new weaknesses. Sometimes you suddenly have to tell a backstory that you've never told before in order to create a weakness. You know, there's all sorts of little literary devices that you do to kind of poke that in there. Right. But here we have a great example of the villain taking advantage of our hero's humanity, something that is core to their identity that has been a, a powerful aspect of their motivation and our connectedness with them. Uh, We have seen many, many instances where that humanity has won the day. We've seen several instances where that humanity has put them in peril, but then they get over, they they find a way to, to, to be victorious over it. And I, and this is another moment where they're probably going to be victorious over it. Um, I know the future, there are more seasons, you know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe, maybe this is, Maybe the series ends with everybody losing as Replica Carter who did it. I don't know. Probably not, but that, that could be. Um, but, uh, you know, right now, though, we have introduced a new plausible, worse bad guy that we've seen in quite some time. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Apophis out there and he's pretty dang bad. Anubis. But he's see- Thank you. We've got Anubis out there and he's pretty dang bad. <laughs> and... <laughs> So bad, he makes me forget his own name. Um, and <laughs> and and but he's been, we've dealt him with a couple of significant blows, and and so that story is still out there, but he's not quite 
he's not quite as menacing a threat as he has been at certain points in the story. Uh, give it a second. I'm sure he'll be right back, but I'm just acknowledging he's not he's not a, a menacing threat this this very second. Right. That we have basically a turned version of our team member out there with the powers of a replicator. This one, this one is dangerous. This one is this is a spicy meatball. This one is if they tell this story right, they're going to be on their back foot for a while. And that breathes new life into the series. All of a sudden, we've got a real threat that suddenly has to be addressed again. And we haven't had that in quite a little bit of time. I'm really, you know, the the trust kind of came up and I'm kind of meh about the trust. Maybe they'll turn out to be bad. I don't know. Every time the, the attention turns towards Earth, I get a little bored. But this, <laughs> this is fun. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so there is one thing that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um, Replica Carter tells, I think she's talking to Carter at the time, that all humans crave power. Yeah. And hmm. I had to stop and think about that one. Do all humans crave power? And if they do, what does that mean? If they don't, uh, you know, I don't know. So, so let me toss that out to you. What do you yeah. think? Do all humans crave power? Well, I'll start by saying that it resonates with me because it's true of myself. Um, I have taken enough time to reflect on myself to know that that is something that I actually care about. And it manifests itself in slightly different ways. And it's a reality that I have had to navigate and deal with and understand how that impacts me, like my psyche and, and how, I, how, I, how I interact with other people and how I interact with the world. Um, so when I heard that line, it felt like a truism when I heard it. Um, and as I reflect on it a little bit more, I tend to agree. But the reason why I led with, I believe it's true for me is because that's my bias is that like mm-hmm. I heard it and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 totally true. And the reason why I stick by my guns to say that I think it's true is because power is not always like leading armies or or leading Govern, you know, governments or leading, you know what I mean? Like pow- power is about security. Power is about um, accessing the things that you want. And, uh, and the things that you want are derived from the things that you need. And so in that viewpoint, power can look as simple as an individual unfettered by any obligation at all simply existing inside the space of the years that she's been given um, with the satisfaction of knowing that she is in control with every step that she takes of her own steps, not in control of anything like that's power too. You know what I mean? Like there's, and so, and so do all people crave power? I think the answer is yes. But what many people I think mistake is that um, greater and greater influence on others through any means through through charming means through beating up means through coercive means through convincing means that those expansions of power will by definition grant those more localized definitions of power that what you really want is you want the ability to feel like you're in control of your own steps um and so in that regard, I think that's true. I think that pretty much everybody, if they had the ability, and I think that was the qualifier, most people just aren't in the position to do something about it. And I can't remember how she said it. It was a little different. Where 
most people, if given the opportunity to say, look, I can give you the ability to feel in control of every one of your steps. And here it is in the form of like a crown on your head or a billion dollars or, you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people would be like, sure. Um, even though some people might have misgivings. And so I think that was the root of her point, but I'm pretty confident that the root of the story's point was a little more, a little less touchy feely and a little more like villainous. Like, look, everybody, if given the chance is going to be a dictator. So I'm going to be a dictator. And that one is like, I, I'm, I'm not certain that everybody, if given the chance to be a dictator would be a dictator. Uh, but maybe best said is that mm, essentially everyone, if given the chance to be a dictator, would either take it or seriously consider taking it because of that need to feel like they're in control of their own steps. Hmm. What about how do you, how do you think about that? So I think I would basically agree with you. Um, yeah, there are different types of power, and there are different ways to um, exercise power. Mm-hmm. Um, and Here's the key, is that exercising power is not uh, the same as acting villainously. Oh, yeah. Um, you t- you, you know, don't have to be a bad guy. <laughs> you, just because you have power right. doesn't mean that you are a villain. Um, I mean, there is that phrase, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yep. Um, and... I suppose there's there's a possibility with that that if one actually has absolute power, then that absolute power would be absolutely corrupting. Um, yeah. And it's certainly plausible uh, that that those who have greater and greater power um, can be seduced by that power. Um, and and certainly we have seen that throughout history. Uh, but here again, Power by itself is is not good or bad uh, intrinsically. Mm-hmm. Uh, how power is um, used and in some cases abused mm-hmm. uh, is that. So do all humans crave power? I would agree with you. I think that all humans probably do. Uh, yeah. And like yourself, I am focusing on myself. Um, I want... Uh, so there's a couple things. One, I want power. I want to be able to uh, have uh, control um, or in at least influence, um, but preferably control on my existence. Yep. Um, but you know, for me, I have put. I mean, I've had limits put on my power, and I have put on my own limits on that power. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't have the power of the president of the United States or even a senator. Um, right. uh, I, and I will never have that. Um, right. so that limits what I'm available. I'm capable of doing. Um, I also, um, have limited myself saying, you know, using my power and my desire for controlling my environment, uh, does not give me the right to, uh, actively, or intentionally harm you. Right. Uh, and so that puts a limit on my power. Um, one of the things that we see with uh, villains, uh, and we certainly see this in Carter, uh, Replica Carter in this moment, as she's uh, using this as a justification for her own uh, uh, abuse of power, mm-hmm. is, is that uh, 
when power is corrupted, power tends to manifest itself in saying, well, all power is corrupt. And so right. therefore, I'm justified in being corrupt yes. with the use of my power. Yes, she was trying to justify what she was doing. Yeah, uh, and, and that is, is, that's the trap that humans routinely fall into. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the trap that, uh, depending on how you interpret Christianity, this would be how I would interpret Christianity, uh, acknowledges about the human condition and seeks to find a way to resolve. Mm-hmm. Right? This idea that uh, uh, power does have a corrupting influence, and um, when it is corrupted, it justifies its own corruption by saying that all power necessarily is corrupt. Mm-hmm. And that is a statement that I want to categorically uh, reject. Mm-hmm. That that power by itself is not inherently corrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is, then throw our hands in the air, revel in the anarchy, and kill your neighbor. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> <sighs> hey, the sun's going to consume us all anyway. So let's you know. <laughs> Let's not get too hung up about it. Um, fair enough. Uh, well, <laughs> the, the sun is not going to consume me. <laughs> uh, 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 right. I mean, the bits of you, and it's a long way off. Um, <laughs> it, many things will change between now and then. Many, yes. many, many, many things. Yeah. Many things will change between now and then. Um, so there you go. Those are my 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 thoughts uh, on yeah. on that. No, I. Um, I love science fiction so much. <laughs> uh, I I think that it is worthwhile. I think it is a worthy use of time to uh, to engage with most science fiction shows. Man, so many of them. To engage with them critically, I think that it's worth the time to to reflect on what the story is trying to say in so many episodes and examples across a whole b- bunch of different series like that at least for me i mean obviously i enjoy it because i'm doing this thing but you know like i i think that it is a worthwhile t- investment of time to sit there and wrestle with the question that either is directly asked by the episode or indirectly asked by the asked by the episode by virtue of how it's telling the story mm-hmm. because it is so illuminating to one's own self and it in my opinion helps a person understand the people around them as well and the motivations of the people around them. And that develops a kind of empathy that I think I see it in fandoms everywhere. I think I see evidence of this empathy and, and there's plenty of jerk faces in fandoms. I mean, my gosh, I, oh, we all yeah, know definitely. that plenty of people are, are just bad people. <laughs> no, but have you ever noticed how like how just like good vibes <laughs> so many like fandom situations are and i think it's a piece of that puzzle i think that if you spend enough time kind of reflecting on these types of questions even though you might not necessarily come across with like some like zen buddhist type of like understanding of the universe you very well may have a heightened level of empathy that would not necessarily require that you throw some idea under the bus or some person who holds that idea under the bus um that you're given a chance to be a bit more uh expansive in how you are engaging with the world. I love this stuff. I love it so yeah. much. Um, there was something I was going to say. Now let's see if I can remember what it says. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's something about fandom about finding 
and this is this is what I like about geek culture. Uh, yeah. There's problems in it, right? But geek culture oh, yeah. is is about finding people who love what you love, yeah, and are willing to accept you as you are with all of your inadequacies. Because as far as I can tell, all humans have inadequacies. I haven't met one without one yet. Yep. Um, <laughs> but but accepts all of those because we can love this thing together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that is what makes geek culture uh, so important to to human civilization. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sci-fi is a place where that that really um, uh, has grown deep, thick roots in that. Yeah. Um, now there has been um, places of of corruption. There have been places where where you get jerk faces out there. Um, uh, usually it comes in the fashion of forgetting that, um, that those inadequacies will shape how one sees, right? So like, we can all love this, but we have to love it in the same way. Like, no, that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, we can all love this and we can love it in different ways and still have community, um, which plays into our conversation about power. Yep. Um, you know, so there's, this is... This is why I, and, and this is something that, that I appreciate about um, Stargate in particular, is that here you have a show which is more often than not an action show. Yes. With a little bit of comedy thrown in there. And um, most of the time you can just sit back, eat your popcorn and watch it and be enjoyed. And then you get moments like this where you get a lot of tension and you get just a single little nugget in there. That that is actually played out on the screen mm-hmm. um, that allows you to dig deeper. Yeah, um, which which is just brilliant. Yeah, I love it. All right, I think Brent, it is time. Yes, you have I agree. Uh, up to eight chevrons to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, it's at a seven. Yep. Um, how many of those will you give Gemini? Yeah, a good question. So. Obviously, I like this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the story. I liked what got set up with the story. I liked watching Amanda Tapping play her characters. It was great. I liked watching uh, Christopher Judge play his. I thought that his his uh, his trepidation was very warranted. I liked watching O'Neill's ruthlessness um, being very calculating. It worked out great. We saw Daniel in an elevator. That's a bummer, but whatever. Um, I liked that the uh, villain is villainous and excellent <laughs> at being villainous. Yes. Um, I really hope that I get to see more of Replicator and soon uh, because this is this is a villain that is absolutely worth time and attention. I'm super excited for some of these stories that are coming up. Um, a good amount of information got released, uh, both absolutely germane to our story and a little bit anecdotal like you know the prometheus having um better engines is is cool uh, i'm excited to see where that goes maybe we're going to visit atlantis again that'd be fun um but way more importantly there is a better better version of replicator in the milky way galaxy starting from zero but still pretty ominous um is there going to be a manhunt on this one because we know where replicator went uh, and then it gave us an opportunity to have a great conversation admiring how the story was shot and produced and written 
Uh, it gave us a minute to appreciate some of the effort that was put into the effects, both practical and and special. Uh, and then it topped off with a conversation about the nature of power. Yeah, this is an eight. This is like the perfect episode. Oh, this wow. is absolutely the perfect episode. Now, I'm kind of banking that the Replicarder story is going to provide a lot of bang for the buck. Right. So we've had other stories where people have said this is an eight. And I was like thinking like oh, it's a seven or maybe a six in certain cases but this one feels like a watershed moment mm. like this i th- i could be way wrong but right now my feeling is like this kind of changes a lot um but in really good ways and i'm super excited to see where this goes i'm really enjoying it and i probably could watch this episode again and have just about as much enjoyment maybe maybe not quite as much but you can't deny how positive experience i had with this one so for me it's an eight out of seven i just adored this one wow yeah awesome uh-huh. what about you so last night as i was watching this episode and i was kind of thinking about this and and kind of going through that process in my head i'm like okay so i've got uh, a number in my head and and uh and then as we talked about things in this episode and and i got to uh dig into uh, you know, just kind of think about how everything actually does fit together very, very nicely in this mm-hmm. episode and growing and that and that it developed into a wonderful conversation with my bestest friend, Brent. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, so I was originally thinking a six, but no, yeah. I'm actually going to push this up to a seven. I'm not going to yeah. go uh, quite to the realm of eight, although um, I... You know, I, I, no, I could no. be persuaded. I could be persuaded, was, but, but I'm going to stick with that seven. I think that this, yeah, is, this is... I was at a seven, and the conversation pushed it to an eight. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I can see how you could start at a six and get pushed to a seven. That yep. makes sense. Yep. So, uh, Brent gives it an eight. I give it a seven. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for some predictions? Yeah, let's go. Let's, if you got the Facebooks up, let's I go there. I am pulling the Facebooks up. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, okay, we start with Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Adrian says, I feel like this is one of the strongest episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. Whilst ultimately Replicarder turns out to be evil, it does make you wonder whether she is being honest or not and raises morality questions like what makes you, you. Yeah. Uh, I think this debate will make Brent aim for a seven Chevron, while Zach Very will close. give it a six as yep, it's not as close. enjoyable once you know the ending. Uh, fun factor. Fun fact: Carter is a Gemini, probably. <laughs> nice. Well, Adrian, I think that's awesome. You were really close. Uh, you kind of nailed where we started our days. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you saw it raise up there. Um, next is Kim. Hi, Kim. Kim says. It's been a while since I've seen this one. It's a good episode, but I had a feeling that Replicarder would be the opposite of Sam. She was created in Sam's image to be her replacement for Fifth, and knowing she could not fill those shoes caused resentment and the drive to better and more powerful than, to be better and more powerful than the rest. Mm. I give it a six. Both mm-hmm. Brent and Zach will score it a six also. Very close. Very close. Uh, very close. We got next is... Uh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, "Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. I missed your longer than I missed your longer than expected break. Glad to see you are back at it. Back at it. Yep. Um. Oh, Gemini. That's right. 
featuring the <laughs> character that Brett forgot about from the beginning of the season. Can't yep. blame him. It's been a full season <laughs> when you factor in half of Atlantis. So it's time for notes. My transitions are rusty. I'll work on it. Number okay. one. The episode opens up with a plate of food being pushed with a pineapple being front and center. This is actually a hallmark of William Waring being the director and not just in Stargate, but anything he directs, he likes huh. to slip a pineapple in. Interesting. There you go. Uh, number two. Hi, Daniel. Oh, you're leaving? Okay, bye, Daniel. Have fun <laughs> with your thing. I guess we'll just stay here. Number three. Have fun storming the castle. Oh, no, it's Replicator. Number four. I thought the hand scanner only controlled the iris. When did we start using it to turn off the gate? Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Number five. The graphics of having the same actor on the screen twice at the same time still holds up even today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Number six, Teal'c has absolutely no chill when it comes to replica. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. No, that's, that's, that's very true. Number seven, unless that monitor has a hard drive inside of it, sticking your hand inside isn't going to do squat. No, I noticed that too. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the, the using, you know, sticking your hand in the keyboard could have done something like that uh, because that has uh, input interface. Yes. Um, I suppose if the hard drive, if the, the screen was a um, touch screen, then, then you would have had the interface yep. there that could have done. Maybe it was a thin client. That's possible. Could be. Number eight. I've always liked the scene where Replicator lets Teal'c have her arm and it turns into Thanos snap dust. Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Uh, so this is an enjoyable episode, almost like they are a pro at their jobs of making television. Me, uh -huh. <laughs> myself, I enjoyed it. I think the two of you did too, so that would be us enjoying it. It's unbelievable that their imagination has no bound or limit. That was rough, I apologize. <laughs> Short answer, Kevin. Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Anyway, he apologizes. So he predicts <laughs> a six from both of us. Yeah, very close. Very close. Uh, and now we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Hey, remember that time the remember the time the doe-eyed, mop-topped, emotionally compromised replicator made his very own replicator? Well, yep. what if we invited her to the Alpha site and gave her access to all of our anti-replicator technology? Yeah, she seems that really seems nice weak, though. There's no way this could possibly go wrong. <laughs> What if all the people dealing directly with Replicator were Carter or people who have a close relationship with Carter? I'm sure none of them will feel conflicted or hesitate to do what needs to be done if anything bad happens. <laughs> I'm ignoring that too. Yeah, don't worry. Tilk is on it. He's not going to let himself be fooled by appearances. He and he's got his eye on her. He just yep. needs to duck out for a minute to deliver a satellite into orbit. How long can that take? 30 minutes? An hour? Yeah. Surprise! Replicator double-crossed fifth and the SGC. Yeah. And now the replicators are back in our galaxy, this time under her control. Oops. Way to defend the Earth, guys. Our tax dollars <laughs> at work. <laughs> <laughs> the Carter versus Carter aspect of this episode is kind of fun, but this is a pretty major screw-up for our heroes. Brett yeah. will be grumpy and give it a three. 
No. <laughs> Zach will be slightly less grumpy and to give it a three and a half. <laughs> this episode has an IMDb rating of 7.4, which is a 3.5 chevrons, putting it in the bottom half of Stargate episodes overall. Uh, re- no. Really? That's what they said. I mean, uh, yeah, my, my disbelief is not that, 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 that a falsehood has been said, but I'm just stunned. Whatever. I guess I don't get the fandom. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and finally, we have JD. Hi, JD. I was never a fan of Replica Carter, of the Replica yeah. Carter storyline. I felt like it was more a way to expand Amanda Tapping's role and showcase her skills, which are Legion, than to have a lasting effect on SG-1. Huh. Amanda okay. does great. The story is meh. The morale quandary is oh. meh. And the graphics are oh. early 2000s. Oh. I'd give it a four <laughs> out of seven. I think Zach will like it all right. Plus, they'll have a conversation that will bump it to a five. Brent has been a wild card, uh, has been wild yeah. carding it lately. I yeah. think no. he'll yes. have an engaged yes. conversation, but rate it lower at four. Now, loved it. Loved this one. Um, there you go. Those are our Facebook predictions. So one thing that I am realizing, and I will absolutely just give this to the community to help them with their predictions. Um, I have noticed the past couple of recordings that uh, I have gone into the effort with much more energy and much more like, you know, positive jams. And uh, uh, there was a career shift that happened with me recently, and I bet you it's related. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you that the reasons why I was contemplating the career shift were making me a bit of a grumpy pants <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, now I'm on the other side of it and I'm in the honeymoon period. Give us a minute here. Like it, I'm sure it'll calm myself right down, but oh, maybe sure. it, may, there, there, there could be a little bit of a, of, of, of bias that's happening in the ratings with that, but there, there you go. Well, so. I mean, th- that's, that's to be expected, right? Um, yeah. Our, our lives are not isolated from other elements of our lives as nope. much as maybe we would like to, uh, you know, silo things up. Um, so when things are bad in one element, either because we're in a bad relationship or we have a bad uh, job experiencing going on or, or, you know, our mom died and we're just feeling yeah. really grieving, uh, yeah. those things affect everything else we do. And yep. it will shape uh, the way we watch our entertainment, which is what this is, right? Yes. Um, and it will either uh, resonate, be, either the, the entertainment that we watch will resonate with what we're feeling, and it will um, give us a, a better ex- uh, vision of that, or, or the opposite. Yeah. Um, those are all legitimate options. And, and, you know, all we can do is say, this is where I am right now. I think it might be an, an amplified version of the bagel effect. Could be. Could yeah. be. Did you have yeah. a bagel today, by the way? No, I had some cold pizza, but boy, was it tasty. Ah, I had mm-hmm. toast. Yay, toast. Yeah. And unfortunately, this was a loaf of bread Yay, that toast. wasn't really my favorite loaf of bread. Oh. I mean, right. it wasn't oh. bad. It was, it was fine. It was, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was fine. Sufficient. It, it, you know, I, I ate the toast. It had some butter on it. I drank it some orange juice and a coffee. Yeah. It was yeah. fine. I, I will be good. <laughs> But it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't a sound. <laughs> oh, hey, should we, uh, should we go to the discords and keep this, <laughs> keep this show going? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Probably we okay. should. Okay. On uh, discords, we got Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. 
Guess who's back, says Jen. It's Carter. Oh, no, it's actually her evil twin replica Carter. And she wants to be what? Destroyed? Are you sure about that? At least Jack wouldn't mind a twin Carter. I know <laughs> if she were to replicate her. That was a good moment. That little moment of like, you know, whatever he said, I can't really like, you know, too bad or whatever. Anyway, uh, Jen continues. What are replica Carter's true intentions? What game is she playing? And what the hell was Daniel apart from his stint at the beginning of the episode? Oh, where the hell was Daniel? Yes, apart from his stint at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, just not there. I just love about this. I just love about this episode that events that happened in season six have very real consequences two years later. Sam's curiosity got the better of her, and now she has to live with the knowledge that Replicarder tricked her and now holds a massive advantage against humanity. Sam believed in her herself and subsequently Replicarder. And it turned out that she can't even trust herself. Maybe mm. even within her, there's a part that hungers for power. It's a bit cliche heavy in some sense, in some scenes, for example, Repl Carter killing Jack and ma- manipulating Carter by appealing to her emotional side. But it's all all in all, it's one of the better episodes of season eight with further implications remaining to be explored. Ooh. I remember back in season six. Brent got hung up on the fact that actions have consequences regarding the betrayal that had happened when SG-1 left Fifth trapped in the time dilation field. Two seasons later, we are dealing with those consequences. It's the biggest plus regarding the whole human... It's the biggest plus regarding the whole human replicator plot. All in all, Gemini is a 5.5 out of 7 from me. Brent will give this four chevrons. What? Because he doesn't remember what he said back or then, or he gets hung up on something else and Zach will give it five chevrons because he knows, quote, stuff, unquote. <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, nope. man. Sorry. Liked it more. All right. Then we got Helio. Hi, Helio. Hi, Helio. We got in the SG-1 episode Gemini, the team is faced with a new dangerous enemy who has access to Carter's mind. The consequences of their past actions are now catching up to them. I hope the team had once again changed all of the IDCs to prevent the enemy from infiltrating their bases now that Carter allowed the replicator to scan her mind. Yeah, no kidding. While the episode has great ideas and consequences, the writer's choice to make the team appear dumb by allowing the replicator to come up close to the specs and analysis of the weapons design and capabilities was very disappointing. Acknowledged. Again, I'm ignoring it, but I hear what you're saying. The military should have known better. It is unclear if the fifth had a contingency plan, if Replicator was met with shots of the weapon, or if he just had had a death wish. It forces the team to handle their past choices, but the writer's choice to make the team appear overconfident and inexperienced for plot continuation purposes was not well thought out. Hmm, that's a good read. Hmm. Uh, the writers could have come up with better ideas to allow Replicator to get the weapon specs without making SG-1 look like a bunch of newbies. I guess the team will now have to create a new Alpha, Beta, Gamma, or some other sites with their current locations having been compromised, as Samantha had given the Replicator knowledge of Earth's secrets, such as the uselessness of the ancient weapon on Earth, and the existence of Atlantis in the Pegasus Galaxy, which was an unnecessary risk. Wow, this is a good, hot take, good take. The episode gets a four chevrons from me because it advances the story but makes SG-1 look incompetent. Brett will likely give the episode a four for the same reasons, while Zach would give it a 3.5 because of the same issues and because Fifth's threat ended too easily, making a good character apparently end. Or did it? Nice. P.S. Rewrote by ChatGPT to make an AI. <laughs> Replicators are AIs too. Fix my text errors and reorganize my thoughts, <laughs> which then I had to rewrite to fix my attentions. <laughs> These AI things really need to learn to read my thoughts soon to make it. To, to make it what I want, to make it what I want, not what I write. 
awesome. awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So oh. I will say uh, you can argue whether or not this actually was true. You know, Carter makes a comment to Teal'c after her brain is scanned that yeah. it's okay. I was in her mind. She wasn't in my mind. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the, the line that says that we didn't just give everything Carter knew to Replica Carter. Um, you can buy that or not. Right. You can, you know, I mean, was Carter being naive in all of that? Um, probably. Uh, the the critique of this episode uh, that that uh, they let Replica Carter get so close to all of this information uh, is is definitely a good critique. Um, it assumes, I mean, the issue is that they they basically had to buy her statement that the replicator, the 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 uh, the device was no longer functional and no longer worked mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it no longer worked, then having her near it is irrelevant. Yep. Um, now, tactically, uh, until it has been confirmed that it no longer works, you have to assume that it does work, in which case you wouldn't let your enemy upon whom this uh, works against, ostensibly, get near so close. Yeah, yeah. Th- I'm sticking with my eight because of so many... Uh, the story was good, but there was so much else about this episode that I enjoyed that... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, all, all of these uh, takes, though, I'm... Absolutely, like I can see all the, the all of this is very reasonable. Like this is good, yep. good stuff. Yep. One last thing, uh, we've got Kevin who just popped in a little bit saying that he predicts that Brett will admit he forgot about Replicator, and uh, also a positive number of chevrons. So yes, the latter for sure, and the former about forgetting that Replicator. I'm glad they did a previously on. Mm. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'm pre- I didn't forget, but I yeah, I kind of. Yeah. I'm glad they did that. So I'm like, right, right, right. Here we are. Okay. But anyway, yep. that's what we have on the discords. Awesome. Do we have anything in email? Oh, yes, we do. I have to pull that up. Email. Uh, let me see here. We have David. Hi, David. Who has a twin Chevron encoding bias buffer. Yeah, okay. Did he uh, do it twice? Yeah, they're right next to each other. Uh-huh. So Chevron <laughs> okay. encoding bias buffers. And there's uh-huh. twin there. All right. So. Aha. Uh-huh. Brent, uh, David says, is it pof- possible to both like and dislike an episode at the same time? Ooh, to okay. be of two minds about it. Uh-huh. I guess that would make me a Gemini, which is true <laughs> considering my birthday is mid-June. Uh-huh, okay. Anyway, uh, I like the story, but not how they told it. Sam okay. was stupid. Tilk was useless. Daniel and Jack were unimportant. Replica okay. Carter was great. Fifth served his purpose. In the end, we get we got a ramped up threat from the replicators with an amoral version of Sam Carter in charge, and they now have an apparent defense against our best anti-replicator weapon. Yeah. That part I liked. It's just yeah. that they got to that ending in a dumb way by making everyone but Replicator dumb. Okay. Zero chevrons is the worst. Yeah. Uh, oh dear. Eight for now is the best. Yes. Four is average. Yes. I'm going to give this a weighted average of three chevrons. Uh-huh. <laughs> the dumb stuff weighs it down, but does not ruin it completely, and the outcome of the episode makes it worth watching. Brent, he'll agree yeah. with me on the dumb stuff. Three chevrons. 
Oh, no. Zach, no. he'll agree with me stuff. on the good stuff, but will not treat the dumb stuff quite as harshly for chevrons. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love this. I love it so much. <laughs> this is so fun. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Oh, um, so good. It's great. So those are our predictions. Thank you very much nice. for all yes, of you thanks. for writing in and posting and all of that stuff. We appreciate it. It makes this mm-hmm. part very fun. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Yep. Okay, Brent. Yeah. Next week, we are returning to the SG-1s. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or okay. We are re- remaining with the SG-1s. I guess. That's right. Um, uh, and we are going to the episode Prometheus Unbound. Okay. And I ask you, what is Prometheus Unbound all about? Oh, boy. I don't know. Does it seem like they're harder to make puns out of anymore? Whatever. Okay. Prometheus Unbound. Prometheus Unbound. Um, Possibly. uh, hmm. All right. Let's give it a shot. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. It is a world that is on the far edge of the Milky Way galaxy. Basically, the opposite side of everything. One of the furthest worlds that they have reached within our own galaxy. As a result, what they encounter there is beyond description. Seriously, I have no words for it. I'm not even going to bother to try. But (laughs) because they are in a world that is beyond description, they also find themselves facing a threat. That is also beyond description, leaving them in the perilous straits of being unable to get back to the gate. How will they be rescued? Oh, but wait, didn't we just hear about the Prometheus's new engines? Yes. When Daniel Jackson went up to the in the elevator to go talk to uh, to, to go talk to General O'Neill way back at the beginning of the episode. What actually transpired was a multi-day negotiation that was occurring between he and Jack, where day after day he kept hammering the general with constant asks of going into the Prometheus to go visit uh, Atlantis, which of course is not in the Milky Way galaxy. General O'Neill keeps saying no, 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 no. Well, after the adventures with Replicarder and the implications and consequences thereof, when our team goes through the gate to find themselves in a strange world... They didn't take Daniel Jackson. A curious choice. That's because Daniel is still in the office arguing to take the Prometheus way <laughs> over there to the Prometheus galaxy. It's the Prometheus galaxy. galaxy. Whatever. Gives it a P. But no, they need the Prometheus to go across the Milky Way galaxy in short order. And at the helm is none other than acting Captain Daniel Jackson. Yes, we got a new Captain Jack. And saving the day of our heroes aboard Prometheus Unbound. Unbound? Unbound? Unleashed? Unleashed? Unbounded? Unbound. 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 It's no longer bound. It's on its way. It's galloping across the galaxy. It's great. Okay. Prometheus Unbound. Next time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, How'd I do? Uh huh. Um, well, you, you got the name of the episode in there, so that's, that's good. That's a plus. Um, I, I you were talking the the about, uh, Daniel Jackson and SG-1. Yeah. Uh, being in the episode, and, and, and that's, that's good. 
Okay. Uh, you you suggested that uh, the Prometheus is in this episode, and and, and yeah. that was right on. Yep, that's true. Okay, good. Um, is it bounded? Oh, it's it's it is so unbound. Well, then that's also true. You know. Well, yeah. Okay. Shall we watch the promo? <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Let's watch this thing. Okay. <laughs> I am hitting play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Hey, it's Hammond. General. Jack. I let myself in. Absolutely not. Welcome. Thank you. So, to what do we owe this pleasure? Uh-huh. I came to ask if you'd be interested in joining the mission to Atlanta. <gasps> Oh! Uh-huh. Mission to find out what happened to the Atlantis expedition. The Prometheus encounters trouble. We're picking up what sounds like a distress call. Where are we? We're still well inside the Milky Way. When responding okay. to the distress call, the unexpected happens. What? 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 Oh my! And now Daniel Jackson is left at the mercy of his captor. You are very attractive. Huh? Okay. Well, well, no, you don't have to do that. Don't, don't, don't. don't. It's all next time. On what? <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. <laughs> you are very attractive. I mean... You know, he is, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, Her hair looked really good for being cooped up in that helmet for I don't know how long. Well, yes. Uh-huh. Um, I, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll say it now. So I have a cat. Yes. And her name is Vala. Yeah. And she is named after a Stargate SG-1 character. Yeah. And next week, you get to meet the original. Oh, is that her? That's her. Oh, well, that's actually kind of important. You wouldn't name your cat after a one-off, I doubt. Maybe you would. I'll have to find out, I guess. You will have to wait and see. (laughs) Great, I get to meet the cat's namesake after all these years. I've known Vala for 14 years. uh, You've you've known her for for forever, as long as she's been alive. Yeah. She's um, 14? She's old. uh, She's... Oh, no, she's... 16? She's 16. She was born in 2007. <laughs> she'll be seven. Well, she'll be, she's 15 now. She'll be 16 in June. Talk about a long payoff. Yeah. 16 years and finally getting to understand the namesake. All yeah, right, cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's Prometheus yeah. Unbound. Uh, we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Um, Sounds good. So uh, thank you very much for listening. If you have any yeah. comments, if anything's uh, you want to share with us, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. If we got something royally wrong, if we screwed something up, let us no, know. Uh, I got this if, perfectly if, right. If you thought that, that we were spot on and everybody else was <laughs> absolutely wrong, then come and tell us that too, whatever it is. Uh, you can also go to the Facebook page and say hello to folks there. Uh, I just noticed that earlier today uh, we had a new listener saying hello and welcome. And so I say hello and welcome. Uh, you might not get to this episode for like four years, but when you get there, <laughs> hello. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, of course, go to the discords uh, and join the conversations there as well. And with yep. all of that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.